Kendra. This is Olivia. And Josh. And you're listening to Our Music Oddcast. Today we are continuing with part two of Mayhem and all of the crazy metal debauchery and murder. Yes. Take it away, Olivia. <laughs> okay, so let's talk a little bit more about Varg. Because we, you know, we've talked about him slightly about how he kind of came into the scene and joined the Black Circle, but I don't, I haven't given you guys a big background on him. I yet. mean, he is like the main character. Yeah, of the whole he is. Thing I would say. Yeah, I mean, Euronymous plays a big role as well, but I mean, Varg. I, I mean, he he is the main character of the story. I think. Or he's the villain. Is everyone a villain? Is there, is there a hero in this story? I don't think I that the hero might be the guy that quit the band after Euronymous. Uh, Necrobutcher. Like, yeah, I feel like I after thought the that of the corpse of their bandmate, he was like, yeah, okay. Yeah, not except not defiling. I guess that makes it sound like it was like sexual, but you know, yeah, what I mean. right. I would think that other than his comments about how if like Varg wouldn't have killed Euronymous, that he would have done it himself at some point. Then you're kind of like, oh, I don't know, maybe. I think if anybody, you know, kind of came out of the situation without doing anything terrible, it was probably dead. Dead's like the the person that I'm the most sad about in this situation. I also um, disagree because he was keeping dead birds and bear. Like, I don't know. It's gross. Like he definitely had some gross. Habits, fascinations. He didn't kill anything. You're right. Yeah, and I think. But I mean, if it if dead hadn't killed himself, would any of this have happened? I. That's the thing. I. I wonder so much. Like, if dead would have survived, you know, would they have just been bands? Death was the catalyst of it all. I know. Without, you know, having anything to do with any of this stuff, too. Which is funny. It's like he's he set it all in motion, but you wouldn't think so because he really it's not like he encouraged the black circle or that behavior at all when he was alive right because it wasn't a thing but yeah anyway back to varg he was born christian virkness on february 11 1973 in bergen norway his mother worked for a large oil company and his father worked as elect an electronics engineer when he was six years old the family spent a year in iraq while his father was working for Saddam Hussein. And this is from Varg, so it it might not be true. But it's it's been published in a lot of different things, so maybe there's a chance that it's true. He claimed that That's both of his... So, like, he's working for Saddam Hussein. Yeah, his dad did for a year. Evil. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Just like a, just like a like fucking random ass side note, like oh by the way, right? <laughs> was he related? The to funny Hitler thing too? was he was talking about how the kids were treated really, like roughly in the school that he was in. There was a lot of like spanking and corporal punishment, and you know just just like harsher treatment than we're used to in the U.S. And he said that they were afraid to pull any of that with him because he was you know a white child so he was talking about how he got sort of like unfair treatment and he enjoyed that because he was kind of like walking around like knew that he was kind of untouchable Untouchable, yeah. yeah he claimed that both of his parents were at least slightly racist and that his dad had a swastika flag at home his parents divorced when he was 11 or 12 
and he had very little contact with his dad afterwards. And that was mostly he, his dad was like very assertive and, you know, set a bunch of rules and expected everybody to follow them. And he didn't like that. He was interested in music early on and started playing guitar at the age of 14. He denies claims that he was a skinhead as a teen. There was the guy that wrote it's like the it's like the white supremacist encyclopedia or something like that. He claims that Varg was a skinhead when he was a teenager, but well, Varg says that there weren't even skinheads in Bergen at that when he was a teenager, so I don't I, I don't know. I kind of believe Varg because he was pretty hardcore and I if I think if he was, he would have been like, yeah. Yeah. Like, I was a skinhead. I killed a person. He's denied a lot of affiliation. I mean, maybe he's just a his, hardcore liar, too. I don't know. Right. I mean, in his adult life, we'll talk about he's denied a lot of claims that he has a lot of these views, but then it comes through oh, in his writings and... Remind me of yeah. his band. Burzum? Or the one before Burzum. that, Old Funeral? See, and that's the thing, too, is like, uh, before I ever heard any of these stories, I yeah. always heard that Burzum was a black metal band that had, like, Nazi views, so... Yeah, and um, I don't... I that was, like, back in the early thousands, so I have no idea, but, like, that's always just been known of to be, like, a band to avoid because of, like, some racial shit yeah. and whatever, and anti-Semitic views, but I don't really know. Yeah. I mean, like, that was just the rumor, you know, like, you're like, Adam Elsh will be like, oh, yeah, fuck the Burz of Band, but, like, you know. I, I know. wouldn't but be surprised, but I don't know, like, enough about the lyrical content to say one yeah, I, I haven't looked into it. Yeah. I just, like, really haven't listened to I don't want to make any wild claim of something I haven't. Right. This part hurts my soul a little bit, <laughs> but he's a huge Tolkien fan. And the Grishnak from Count Grishnak is the name of an orc in the Two Towers. And Burzum, meaning darkness, is taken from the language of Mordor, specifically part of the inscription of the ring, like the ring of power. That's pretty tight. I know, but it's like, I wish it was somebody else. That yeah, really... But, like, but you gotta admit, like that's, that's a pretty cool way to get your band name. I know, it really is. <laughs> <laughs> it's a cool band name, it really... It, I like it. Even before I knew what it meant. Right. He was in a band called Yurikai before Old Funeral. And, you know, before Mayhem. Okay, fast forward to... Actually, be rewind. Rewind to the end of our episode where the church burnings were started and carried out by Varg. The friendship of Varg and Euronymous had become strained and started to really deteriorate. Main reasons being that... Euronymous was viewed as the leader of the black metal scene and the black circle, and Varg was slightly jealous, and he believed that the power and attention was undeserved. He says over and over again in interviews that Euronymous was all talk and little action, and that he was a total poser. Euronymous started to take his business, Helveta, and his label, Death Like Silence Productions, a little bit more seriously than his image in the black metal scene. While Varg liked the reputation he'd gained among the black circle and the power that he felt after pulling off the crimes and getting away with them. So in January of 1993, Varg gave an interview that was published in one of the, like the main newspapers in Bergen where he and his friends took credit for the church burnings and the Lilyhammer murder. First, he had 
some friends interview him and they sent the interview to this journalist and then the journalist wanted to talk to Varg even more. So originally, I think he did claim that he did it all himself. And then in this second more like official interview, he said that like he and his group of friends. Well, maybe he was covering for people and didn't want them to go down. Yeah. Or maybe he was just trying to take all the credit. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised with either. (laughs) He claimed that... I'm sorry, like, I have questions. Uh, okay. Did the cop already suspect him of all this stuff? Or was no. he just like, I'll turn myself in? No, it was... It was like a publicity stunt. It was. I mean, they really had done these things, but he used it because before they weren't even on the radar. They didn't... I think it had been a year at this point since that murder. Oh, okay. Or close to it. I think it, it could have either been a year at this time or a year at the time, like, when they charged someone for it, so... It's so crazy. Yeah. He claimed in the interview that the attacks would continue, and he was photographed for the article as well, holding knives, and then it, there was like a picture where it showed just like a little sliver of Chinese his Chinese stars. Yeah. <laughs> Nunchucks. There's a lot. I mean, there are pictures that you can find of him in like his whole Samurai like swords. armor getup. Yeah. Because I think that that like was even- Like the warrior getup. Yeah, I think that that- kind yeah. of stuff was even sold at the the record store. Oh, okay. I think so. It was like the weapons and the like the armor that they made. Interesting. Yeah. And he'd already been arrested when the article was published. Euronymous's role in this whole interview has been debated. You hear sometimes that he helped plan everything and they were trying to promote the the scene and his record store and the music. But then you also hear stories that he was really angry after Varg did this because the interview put the spotlight on the scene and like the, I mean the black circle and his record store. And he claimed that Varg doing this actually like commercialized black metal a little bit more. He wanted it to be more of like an exclusive group and he didn't want it to blow up and have a bunch more people like kind of try to get in to the crimes and the things that they were doing. He wanted it to be kind of like this elite group that did these things so I don't know. Yeah, if, I mean, we just don't know. Yeah, you don't. <laughs> Only the elite can murder. <laughs> yeah. Basically, yeah. Yeah, Varg was released after being held by the police for, I think it was a full week. And I'm not sure if it was due to lack of evidence or if it was still actively being investigated or if he was officially cleared at this point. I couldn't find anything that said A week's a long sure. time to be held. I know. I mean, it really is. I mean, it's a different know, country, but it's a different. I was going to say it's a different country. United States, you can't do that. Yeah, but that still seems excessively long. Yeah, Euronymous had to shut down Helveta due to the police and media attention. It was around this time that he started telling people, the Black Circle members specifically, that Varg had to go. He talked of his plans to tase, tie up, torture, and murder Varg on film ultimately making a snuff film of the murder. He allegedly already murdered a Polish man. This story, or the story is here that a guy came to Oslo to interview Mayhem for a fanzine. And after outstaying his welcome or not leaving after a month, Euronymous started poisoning the man with lead until he died. Other than claims of this happening, I don't, I couldn't find anything else. No, but internet. actually back up his uh, story. Right. I mean, he was pretty famous for doing that, for you know making a lot of claims. So it could just be another fake story. Yeah, I feel like uh, 
especially with like the escalation and like the crimes that they were doing, mm-hmm. it sounds like, you know, that would definitely be like, Oh shit. Like this guy admitted to murder. Like he won up to me, you know, yeah. so then you have to make up his own story. That's true. But then you kind of wonder, like, did they call the police and tell him like this guy just died? Did they dump his body somewhere? Like there's a lot of stuff that have, that would have to happen after this. Like you can't, like he wouldn't have just like disappeared or, you right. know, Right. So I would want, I want like more answers before I find this credible. Cause the other guy that murdered someone, like there was a body, there was a crime scene. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And I'm not saying that you can't just like kill somebody and make them disappear. Cause that happens too. Especially, you know, they have a lot of forest around them. I mean, if the man right. had died and they just found him dead somewhere yeah, and they couldn't find a cause of death. Cause they could have just like dumped him in like the street. Yeah. And like, Oh, this person died of what looks sort of like natural causes. Right. If you didn't test for lead, you might not figure it out. Yeah, I don't know necessarily know if they would test for lead, but I don't know. Yeah. Varg and members of the Black Circle claim to believe that Euronymous really would kill Varg, even though this is what I kind of find hard to believe. Varg always talks about how Euronymous was full of shit and how Euronymous exaggerated and lied and that he was all talking little action. So I don't know if I think that he believed it, but maybe right. even if you, maybe even if you do think that there's like a 10% chance that someone might kill you, you were like, Hey, I, I, I don't need know to do if something. I believe Varg because you would think that there would be, there was a bunch of people in their circle and the scene. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't there be at least a handful of other people that would say the same thing? Like, Oh yeah. Uranus was all talk. They do because Necro Butcher says that a lot too. That Euronymous okay. is like a fake and phony, and said a bunch of shit that he didn't really do. Because that's when I mean, early on, you know, even before Dead, but it was accelerated after Dead. He he kind of like went with this whole like black metal image and lifestyle and started making rules about how people had to dress to be part of the group and to be considered or to be taken seriously. So. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It sounds like he was definitely trying to be, like, the leader of the scene. Yeah, and he know? was. He really was. Yeah. It's like, this is my domain. And so, like, I could definitely see, like, people that were naturally competitive wanting to take him down and, like, you know, yeah. discredit him, too. And I, I think... Mean, but also, it does sound like he was, like, a shit talker, so... Yeah, and I think Varg thought that he deserved that role as the leader because he actually did the things that he said he w- was going to do and, you know, was more evil than Euronymous. Oh, he did, and he was. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you won, dude. Yeah. But the Black Circle members believed that it had to end with one of the two dying. Like, one of them was going to kill each other. It was inevitable. They just got it in their heads that that's how it was going to go down, and that's how it went down. I mean, yeah, it did. On August 10th, 1993, Varg and Thorns, who, you know, snore from mayhem drove from bergen to Euronymous's apartment in oslo the trip was 518 kilometers or 322 miles varg said that he made the trip to finalize negotiations over um they were having like a money dispute about the record deal yeah and varg had put some money into making his record and he hadn't gotten money from the record sold yet. So he wanted Euronymous to, you know, to settle that. And it seems like he was willing to do that. Euronymous was willing to settle, like sign this contract, give him his money. But it looks like, or, you know, the story is once 
once he got there, an argument started quickly. Varg said that Euronymous went for a knife in the kitchen, so he attacked him first, fatally stabbing Euronymous 23 times. Five times to his neck, 16 to his back, and two to his head. Yeah, it doesn't sound like, <laughs> like, especially with 16 stab wounds in the back. I know. Yeah, it sounds like he jumped him. That, and how would you even, I mean, at that point when you, like, go for, like, how, how would he know that he was definitely going for a knife in the kitchen? I think, because if they were out, like, the doorway at this point, you know what I mean? It, it's, I mean, unless the kitchen was really close to the door. Unless he said, I'm going for the knife in the kitchen. Well, I think what problem, what may have happened is Varg came in with the intent to kill him. Varg yeah. pulls out a knife, and then Euronymous then goes for a knife. And then Varg just says, oh, he went for a knife to make it sound like it whatever. It seems to me that he answered the door and maybe got like attacked right away. But that's, I mean. I, we just don't know. We don't. I mean, we only have one side of the story. There wasn't a lot of like the evidence posted online. So you can't, like, I couldn't go through a lot of that and find. Yeah, it's know. hard to even speculate. It is. It really is. But that's that's kind of what I think. And he, Varg said that, like, there was this, like, big moment where he, like, stabbed him in the head the final time. And, like, that ended everything. Like, he, like, killed him in that moment. And it doesn't sound, like, from the information I could find about the autopsy, that that's how that part went. Like, it wasn't, like, a deep, stab wound in the head that would have like killed him on the spot but that does kind of remind me of the scene in green room where the girl gets like the the knife to the head Mm -hmm. and it's like one you know one and done quick (laughs) yeah that's so crazy well the fact that you stabbed him like what 32 times or 26 23 23 times like that's ridiculous I know, major overkill that's there. Over, that's overkill, for sure. What well, was yeah. the same MO as the guy that got killed in the park? Yeah, that's true. Like, he got stabbed 37 times, so it was just yeah. like, that's how you do it, right? Yeah, yeah, that's, I think that's, you know, that speaks a lot about, like, rage and all the kind of stuff, like, I agree that you hear about, and uh, true, true crime podcasts, you know, like, they just, mm, Yeah. You gotta be one pissed off individual to do that to someone. Oh, yeah, for sure. I agree. I mean, in general, but also like that many stab. I mean, that's that's some like serial killer shit, right? And it seems like it would be kind of hard to do. Like that's a lot of stabbing. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Like if you only have to do it a couple times, and I don't know, it just seems crazy to like really go for it that much. Right. Yeah. There were additional wounds on his body from broken glass that occurred during the struggle, and he was actually found outside of his apartment in the hallway. Some stories say that Varg was arrested. Well, there, there must have been a struggle then because... Yeah, but I mean, a struggle can happen like someone stabbing me and I'm fighting them off. Like, it doesn't mean like I went for a knife and I'm fighting him off. Right. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. it sounds like it would have started in the apartment. Yeah. Obviously. That or, you know... if it continued like outside... Was, yeah. That's true. That could mean that he didn't just stab him right away when he walked in the door, that he could have... Which, I don't know, it could go either way. I could see that he started attacking him and he ran. Or I could see that maybe he really did go for the knife and they struggled and, and that happened. But it, it could really go either way. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, some stories say that Varg was arrested within days of the murder. And others say that the crime was investigated for two months before he was actually arrested. 
Varg was completely assured that his friends and fellow Black Circle members would, like, stay quiet. He said it was, you know, Black Metal Code to not (laughs) (laughs) talk. And he, he thought that they would be loyal, but he was disheartened when many of them did talk. Oh, I'm not surprised. Yeah. He tried to use a self-defense claim during the trial, but according to many, the murder and even an out, you know, the murder was planned ahead of time and even like an alibi was planned in advance. He even had a friend ready to give false testimony who had used Varg's credit card in Bergen around the time that the murder was taking place. Wow. Yeah. He disposed of the clothes. So there's almost no doubt it's premeditated. Yeah. He also disposed of the clothes worn during the murder at a nearby lake. And when he was arrested, he had 150 kilograms of explosives and 3000 rounds of ammunition in his possession. I know he claimed that the explosives and ammunition were being saved in case Norway was ever attacked and he needed to defend himself. And he even brought up that either the U S or the Soviet union could have attacked Norway during the cold war. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and we talked about, you know, in our prior episode that he and Euronymous had talked about blowing up the Nodaros cathedral to promote the mayhem album, De Mysterious Dom Sinanthas. But he, had also been working on a plan to blow up Blitz House. It was a radical Oslo-based punk anti-fascist kind of squat or place that, you know, hang out. And it was also said that, you know, that could have played some sort of role in this murder too because Euronymous wouldn't have agreed with this because of his political views at the time. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. His trial began on May 4th, no, May 2nd, 1994, sorry. And he and Blackthorn and Faust were all put on trial at the same time. Not in like, I don't think it, I don't know if it was in like the same courtroom or if they just like kind of all started around the same time. That wasn't clear. Maybe because they were all like connected and stuff. Yeah. Um, Faust for the murder of Magna Andresen who, you know, we talked about, he was murdered in the park, and Blackthorne for his role in the murder of Euronymous because he drove there with him, and he was standing as kind of a lookout in the entrance of the apartment building during, like, the like everything. Oh, so he okay. knew it was happening. Yeah. I don't, I mean, he didn't try to, like, he wasn't trying to murder Euronymous or, like, helping. Accessory to murder. Yeah. Right? So, Yeah. The funny thing was, he was almost committed to a mental hospital you right think? before. Well, <laughs> not Varg. Um, well, all, any, all of these people. Right before the murder happened, but he decided instead to move in with Varg, and it's just that's funny. a good that's a, that was a good move, right? I think. I just think you think of like how the Joker would recruit the mentally ill patients. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, he was. <laughs> On May 16th, 1994, Varg was sentenced to 21 years in prison for the murder of Euronymous, the arson of three churches, and the attempted arson of a fourth. And then also for the theft of the explosives. And oddly, I mean, guess not oddly at all, really. It, this is kind of expected. That day that he was sentenced, two churches were burned in Norway. In his honor. Yeah, they're thinking, yeah. like it was either, you know, for support or maybe because they thought it was funny. Like, who knows? 
in May of 1994, the Mayhem album, Day Mysterious, Don Sathanis, was released, and Euronymous's family had asked that Vari's bass parts be removed, but they, they didn't. They left them in. And I don't... <sighs> I don't know what I think about that. I, uh, I uh, like, I don't think that they necessarily needed to be removed. And I also don't think that they necessarily should be there. So I guess I'm, I'm I, pretty torn. I mean, if his family was like, uh, we want to remember him without the guy that murdered him. That's true. Then I think that's legit. Yeah. It's just hard because it's like, if that would have happened to a musician that Death Like Silence Productions put out their album and it wasn't, you know, Euronymous, would he have been intrigued by the story and like been like, yeah, I want to put this album out where like the bassist murdered the guitarist? Right. And I kind of think that he would have. But Probably. I don't know. Yeah. It's hard to say. Yeah, the album is, you know, still today considered one of the most influential black metal albums ever. Faust was sentenced to 14 years in prison and was released in 2003 after serving nine years. Blackthorn was sentenced to eight years for being complicit in the murder. Faust and Blackthorn both played with Emperor after being released from jail. While in prison, Varg got in with a group of pagan neo-Nazis, partly for protection. In April of 1997, a group of five neo-Nazi men were arrested. They planned attacks on political and religious figures and planned to break Varg out of prison. One of the members struck up a friendship with Varg while in prison, and Varg's mom was arrested because she supplied the group with 100,000 Kronar. Is it Kronar? Yeah. Kronar? <laughs> I, it sounded like sure. I said the same word, even though I, I tried to <laughs> yeah. say it differently. <laughs> it just sounded Krono, exactly Krono. the same. <laughs> yeah, she claimed that she only wanted to protect her son who was being attacked by inmates in prison. I think his jaw had even been broken. But she claimed ignorance for the other plans. He managed to record two ambient neo-folk albums using a synth, and he actually published three books also while in prison. In 2003, he was transferred to a low-security prison in Tonsborg. And on October 15th, Varg attempted to escape while on a granted short leave. He hijacked a car at gunpoint, and it was like a family in the car, but was found by police 19 hours later. On him, he had knives, a gas mask, camouflage clothing. Wait, how did he get all that stuff that it, quickly? Oh, I know. He had a GPS, I mean, obviously he had help, a GPS navigator, maps, a compass, a laptop, um, and a mobile phone. At a nearby cabin, they found a handgun and an automatic rifle. And because of this, 13 months were added onto his sentence. That's it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> right before he was eligible for parole, the Norwegian parliament extended the minimum amount of time before being eligible for parole from 12 to 14 years. So he, he was denied his first attempt. He was granted parole in March of 2009 after serving 15 of his 21-year sentence. He started up Burzum again after his release and put out an additional five albums. Three, um, oh, three albums, one compilation, and then another album in 2019. 
He started up a YouTube channel in 2012, which was eventually taken down in 2019. He married and has at least seven kids. He changed, Damn. yeah, he changed his name to Louis Cachet. <laughs> Nice. And he said, yeah, he said, <laughs> yeah, he said that he wanted to, you know, be able to live out his life a little bit more anonymously, but then he, it's like, he's constantly putting stuff right, out. But, there I, to but like, I have a YouTube channel. Yeah. <laughs> right. And he had a blog and all kinds of stuff. Cause even after he, you know, when he isn't writing, he was constantly putting stuff up on yeah. a blog. He and his wife put out a film in 2013 called Four Bears about bear worship. This is a strange <laughs> <What>? thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, terrorist Anders Brevik sent Varg and others a manifesto before the 2011 attacks in Norway that killed 77 people. Oh, wow. And I don't, that doesn't necessarily mean that he had any part in it but it's just a kind of a weird it doesn't not yeah 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 in oh and he published another book that same year in 2013 varg and his wife were arrested in france on suspicion of plotting terror or acts of terrorism after purchasing four rifles they were released but he ended up being charged with inciting racial hatred against Jewish and Muslim communities due to some of his blog posts, and he got six months probation. He created a tabletop role-playing game and planned... I don't know if this has happened at this point. It maybe did. But he also planned on releasing music to play in the background. Very wow. strange. I know. I, yeah, if it was, like, a normal person, like, you'd probably think, oh, that's really cool. Like, so-and-so created a role-playing game. But this guy's just all over the place, really. I don't yeah, know. like honestly, like the role playing game doesn't surprise me at all. Like the amount of people that play World of Warcraft that listen to black metal is higher than anything that makes sense. Oh, really? Or I guess it does make sense if you think about it. I but, have yeah, a friend. No, it's uh, it's definitely like a whole thing. Um, I'm I, trying to remember uh, one of the guys. I didn't, sorry. Yeah. Oh no, no, you're fine. There. I have a friend that's really into D and D that is like a huge metal fan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, only yeah. Attila and Hellhammer were left in the band after in May of nineteen ninety four, Hellhammer, Maniac, and Necrobutcher reformed the band and added guitarist Rune Erickson or Blasphemer to replace Euronymous. In nineteen ninety five, recorded material from a live recording in Sarsborg, Norway from 1990 was released. And that is actually the recording that included the picture of dead suicide. Uh. Yeah. And Mayhem went on to release five more albums and even was supposed to tour in 2020, but the tour was canceled due to COVID. COVID. Yeah. And also sadly in 2018, a fragment of dead skull and a letter from Euronymous saying, you know, this is authentically part of the skull that I collected was sold for $3,500. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about that. I think that's horrible. Yeah. I think, that's insane. yeah, I think if anybody tries to do something like that, like they should be arrested. Cause I mean, how is that not abuse of a corpse? Yes. I don't know the laws, but that seems 
like it's against the law. Yeah. Same here. I have no idea. Like, uh, that's, yeah, that's fascinating. I don't, mm-hmm. I guess I just wouldn't really want, uh, a piece of my friend's corpse anyway. Like, yeah. Can I go ahead and say if anyone that I'm friends with is listening to this, I'm going to go ahead and hard pass on that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just in case anyone was wondering. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't want, I mean, even if it was like someone that was still alive, well, I guess, you know, stuff becomes more valuable after they die. But I, anybody that I've ever been a fan of, I wouldn't want, like, any piece of their body. No. It's yeah. just weird. I don't even want people's clothes. Oh, your dad's jacket that he died in? Nah, I'm good. Well, <laughs> yeah. Like, no, but wow. I mean, if, like, I guess that's, it's not, like, that weird to keep, like. No, I don't think that's so, that strange. A clothing item from, like, person, a family like, member. Yeah, someone died in this jacket. I'm good. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't want anything that someone died in. That would be weird. Yeah. Or their skull, so it's all Yeah, good. definitely yeah. not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it seemed like, from what I read, and I didn't read the Lords of Chaos book, but it seems like none of these people regret the stuff that they did. I mean, Varg makes a comment about how he, he really blames Euronymous for getting into some of the stuff that he did and for things going as far as it did. But it doesn't seem like he was like, oh, I feel bad that I killed a person because he still, to this day, thinks like it had to happen. Well, I and think amongst, any of his the, other amongst the hardcore stuff, people of that scene or whatever that still filed there, those people are like heroes. I know. Like they're racism and they're burning the churches. They're heroes. Yeah. So I could see why on a camera they're like, they don't seem like they're remorseful at all. Yeah, or maybe I'm not they're just it's not. Right. Obviously, because it's terrible. They haven't like grown as people since that happened. Yeah, yeah, and it seems you know Varg has still, I mean, not to that extent, but he's also kind of still behaving like a criminal in some ways, or at least involved in shit that he shouldn't be involved in, and Board putting games. like some hateful stuff out there. Yeah, I mean, go ahead and put some books out there. Make your board game. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but do you think music, he was targeted hardcore after that? Because it sounded like him and his wife got arrested for purchasing rifles. Yes. Which I don't know if they had what intent they had, but it seems like they may have just been arrested because of his background and like, well, you have rifles and now we're going to yes. charge you with terrorism. I agree with that. Like, I don't think that they really should have gotten in trouble for just buying. And they didn't. They were arrested, but they didn't get charged with anything because she had the permits. And they couldn't yeah. find that they were going to use him for anything. But when you're putting some like really hateful shit out online about other people or groups of people and religions, yeah. you know, you're asking for stuff oh, yeah. to happen. It's, it's like you really are. Coming. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, even just karma, like you're putting hateful shit out there, like right. probably some hateful shit's going to happen to you. So, yeah, I didn't see a lot of personal growth with Varg after being in prison. Nope. Yeah. Yeah. And it seems like for a lot of these people, like things actually worked out pretty well for them afterwards, you know, being successful in music and also having, like you said, it, it kind of turned them into these like heroes or these legends for doing these terrible things. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, when you mentioned about karma, I, we don't really know what happened in their personal life. That's totally true. You know, you're just speculating, like, yeah, they, you know, made out good. I don't really know what happened. As yeah. people might be miserable and depressed, and that's true. I, yeah. I just don't know. 
But like you said, and when we were recording the first episode, their crimes and the things that they did, like far, like overshadow oh, any of their creative projects. Like if you just Google black metal, the first stuff you'll find will be about those crimes. Yeah. Basically. Right. And I think that's how it's probably always going to be. Yeah. Like there's going to be some people that are just like fans of the music for the music. And then there's going to be a lot of people that like the other side of things, how it's, you know, like, Oh, there's this crazy story about this band. And it's sort of what drew me in years and years ago. I was interested in black metal. I don't Mm -hmm. know why. And I wanted to learn about it. And I got on the internet and I, read all that stuff about the skull and I was like, this is really interesting. I didn't, obviously I don't condone anything, but it's just fascinating the whole story. So then I wanted to listen to the music and like hear what was going on. I mean, I can say that after, and this wasn't something that I was seeking out hardcore or anything, but I remember after hearing that Charles Manson was a musician too. I looked up some of his music. For sure. And it was mostly because, like, what would music from this person sound like? He was pretty good, I think. Really? I think Charles Manson was pretty good. I think what I heard, it was was better than I expected it to be for Charles Manson, but I wouldn't say it was, like, anything groundbreaking or, like, that much better than, like, your average musician. But, I mean, he could have been, you know, say things didn't happen the way that they did. Like, he could have been a songwriter because... The, He'd only done the that Boys, one collection of songs or whatever. Yeah, and the Beach Boys recorded one of he his songs. They probably could things. have been a musician. He could have, probably. Or a songwriter, like I was he, saying. I think he really could have been. Yeah. Huh. Which is weird. We can talk about that in another episode, maybe. That's true. Yeah. Because that, uh, that side of things actually played a role in the murders as well. Because the house that Sharon Tate and... Polanski were living at was the house of what's that guy's name? I think he was was he Doris Day's son? I don't know. We watched the Tarantino movie, so now we know everything. Yeah, it because <laughs> <laughs> he kind of got soured by. What was the Tarantino movie that just came out? It was great. Um, Once upon a time in Hollywood or something. Yeah, yeah. that was good. That was really good. But it was very loosely. Loosely based on that. (laughs) Yeah, this guy's name was like maybe Dennis something. But he he and one of the the Wilson brothers, it wasn't Brian Wilson. One of the Beach Boys. It was Dennis, yeah, yeah, Dennis Wilson. Okay, but I think the other guy's name might have been Dennis too. I I don't know. Or Terry Melcher, Terry Melcher. Oh my God, I couldn't think of it. But um, they had made him a lot of promises that, you know, didn't actually happen and then... I won't tell too much more of it, but they also stole a song of his, the Beach Boys did. So, and he didn't get credit and he didn't get money for it. Yeah. I think that's a pretty widely known thing. I don't think that's a very obscure fact. I don't know. I have no idea what people know or don't know about Charles Martin. I guess I don't either. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, back to Mayhem. Is there anything else anyone wants to say? Mayhem! (laughs) (laughs) Um... Yeah, uh, don't don't uh, escalate to violence if you're trying to get noticed. Uh, right. You can always just make good music. Yeah, and don't get <laughs> yeah, so caught a, up in a scene. Naturally. Yeah. I mean, this is a very, I'm trying to think of the word, but it's... it's like cautionary tale? No, I mean, 
norm this isn't normally how things go. Usually the music, yeah. if it's great, people will love it and you don't have to worry about doing some crazy stuff around it. Yeah. That's usually what happens like 99 but this is the one time where the stuff was so crazy that it overshadows the music. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's going to that's going to wrap it up for us. Yeah. Thanks for listening and uh we'll have a new episode for you guys soon. Yeah, check out our merch on on Etsy or you can get it from our Instagram page. All right, we'll see you next time. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>